Welcome back. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams here in the house once again. We're excited to talk Charlotte FC. How's it going on this Wednesday late afternoon? John, it's going great. What are we drinking? We're drinking a nice cab salve tonight at the crib. It's a uh, gloomy, gloomy day in Charlotte, and uh, it's been a great day, great uh, day for soccer, which you'll get into in a second, but it is uh, a little packed out there on the roads and rainy and tough to get around. A lot of the bars closed early, so we decided to uh, bring it in for a, for a house episode with a, a house wine, and uh, yeah, it's, it's delicious. We're going to talk about how the reigning Supporters Shield champions. The record setters. They're coming into Bank of America Stadium. It's going to be rough. It's, it's going to be tough. It, it's going to be... But we do have some advantages. I'm, I, I, I think there's a few spots where they're vulnerable, at least, that we can uh, try to attack. One of those is a midweek. There's a midweek match this evening. Uh, we're sitting here. It's Wednesday. It's, it's 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. And we know that their match is still four hours away. right? So they're, they're playing in four hours. And Charlotte FC has been preparing all week for this Revs side. That's, that's really good. But they're up 3-0 in aggregate. Yep, uh, and their CONCACAF Champions League match, they have a 3-0 lead going to their game against Pumas. Uh, we assume they're going to advance from this no matter what happens. We They could rest a few guys to start and then bring their starters back in to sort of finish the game just to make sure they don't give up you know, their big lead that they've got going in. Or they could start the starters and get one more goal and be up 4-0 and then rest everybody early. We don't know exactly how they'll approach it. We assume there'll be some rotation. It doesn't really matter. What we can say, regardless of what happens in that match, is that they are going to be a little bit less rested than Charlotte FC. Charlotte FC has the full week of rest. They have a midweek game. doesn't really matter who plays. They're coming in a little bit uh, worse for the wear, hopefully. At least you can assume. We'll see. So we're just pumped about the match. And we discussed before the pod, we said, how big is this fixture? And... We both were like, it's the biggest game in club history. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the next one. And, you know, the next, if the most important game of your season is the next one and this is your first ever season, then it's the most important game you've ever played is your next one. Especially when you haven't gotten a win. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. No, undoubtedly. Yeah. So, like, that's the, the box that you want to check because once you get that W, you get three points and you're, you're off and running. Right, and there's we're we're not down there in the cellar by ourselves. There's some other teams that are struggling out of the gate. There's opportunities to get a little bit of distance off the bottom if we can just start getting some points. And one of those opportunities is is next Saturday. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday at home against Cincinnati. Right. I'm already my I'm already uh, salivating for that matchup for sure. You're on uh, the record. You said you guaranteed the W. Yeah, right? I have no no reason to back down from that. So, uh, the re- the reason why I mentioned that is because there was some news this week. Our guy top in 90 He's doing great work. Uh, he was at practice uh, reporting from there out in Matthews where the team gets bussed to uh, to play uh, and get ready for the week. And uh, it was great to see our new signing out there, Derek Jones, looking awesome. Uh, short video that we saw online was all we needed to see uh, be, uh, to see what he's bringing, which is some much-needed size to this defensive midfield core. You know, Franco has been awesome. Uh, Ortiz has been a little less awesome, but... Both of those guys, and Bronico's been terrific, but all three of those guys are smaller than Derek Jones, our new signing. And I think a little bit of size with athleticism could really 
help us in what we're trying to do in the middle it, in terms of shutting teams down. Right. It was it was really great to see him in training. It was also great to see Anton Walks. Yep. Yep. In, in training as well, who in my opinion, the center back who came uh, to us from Atlanta United in the expansion draft who didn't play on Sunday, you could tell he was disappointed. Right. We saw him going around dapping everybody in the in the whole facility, you know, like security guards and ushers and things like that. He went everyone through, loved him there, you could tell. Exactly. He went through the full warm-up. Right. You know, so, He wants to play. He's been in training for a, a week and a half now. You know, so he's in training this week as well. And I hit top in 90 back up on Twitter and I said, you know, if he doesn't start this week, he's starting versus Cincinnati. I mean, there's definitely going to be some changes, I think. We're, we're going to get into that and uh, talk a little bit about MAR, which we always do, and what we love about him and what we expect him to do. It's going to be great. Right. It's the, it's the projected 11. We're going to give you that. There's potential changes at the back and potential changes through the formation because in that rewatch, it was pretty clear that Charlotte FC went into a 4-4-2 for the part of the match in which they – um, were able to push forward and they were able to dictate play. So if you are MAR and you watch the tape and you see that, how do you set your squad up on Saturday night? You were crapping on Carol last episode. You were kind of saying, no, underwe- I believe yeah. underwhelming was the term that I, totally. if I recall, if I can pull that from the hazy recesses of my brain. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Were you still underwhelmed? I was underwhelmed because... Were you one- more whelmed? <laughs> I was more whelmed for sure. And it's because he put himself in the position to score, and the underwhelming part was that nothing went into the back of the net. So, you know, that, that was maybe an emotional response to big chances. And I think when people think about his big chances, they think about his headed opportunities at the mouth of goal mm-hmm. and how he had both of those. But I really consider his left-footed strike in the box uh, telling as well because he's in a really good spot there, and that's his offside. He's you know a right-footed striker, but to have him on his left there to see what he can get out of it, and there wasn't much there. So that's just like being super critical, and I think he would agree with me on that for sure based on his reaction, and that's that's fine, you know. So I, like at this moment, his. Ability to be on the ball in the box is a positive. What do you think is going to happen when we haven't even talked about uh, Juiceviac at all, really, on the pod too much? But I know one thing uh, that kind of caught your eye when he came into the club and did some of his media was when he said, you know, I I know how to make Carroll better. I've played with Carroll. I know how to make Carroll better. And it echoed what... uh, uh, the front o- Charlotte front office said when they were like, it doesn't matter if Yusviak scoring the goals if Carroll scores 18 goals because we have him in the team. Do you think that's going to make Svidersky better? Absolutely. Because being in those positions with service equals goals. Like that's the that's the what Polish they, connection. That's exact. That's what they're that's what they're going for. Like it's it it feels really simple to me. It feels like I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Right. They it's played just, on like national youth teams together back in the day. So I think that's pretty. Uh, Sharp to bring them together on Charlotte FC. Right. So it's a great move by the front office. Zoran Kretna is doing a great job. And, uh, you know, he's been criticized heavily. He's been subtweeted. He's been shaded. He's been all kinds of uh, dragged up and down across the internet for perceived things that have gone wrong with building Charlotte FC. But 
I'll say what I said last week. You know, you got to give him credit for the moves that have worked out. There's been plenty of great moves uh, as well, including Bender, the the draft pick. He's what? he's studying the, these players as well. They know how to f and draft. Yeah. <laughs> as you said last week. Yeah. yeah. In okay. your salty, uh, tired state after the uh, back end of that road trip. Yeah. At least call me out for that because I called myself out for that. I was like, man, I was in a mood on the last pot to come it's off a, the weekend. It's a safe space. It is a safe space. Um, so there's there's other things to think about as well when it comes to the rewatch too. You said TT was better in your in your eyes too when you watched first ten bit. minutes for the first ten minutes. At yeah, least. yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out like and played. He played decently. He had a a strike early on that was was wide, and he brought energy. And this is what I'm saying is like in short spurts. Right. It just reinforces the super sub read that you have on him. At yeah. This point. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, but there's something that we need to address, and this is like part of it where. T.T. Ortiz, I think, in my mind, is becoming one of maybe the most important characters on this show. The important, one of the most important players on the squad, because some the reads that we're getting from him are different than other players. Right? He's not Ben Bender. He's not Adam Armour. He's somebody that has faced adversity already. Right. You know, like. Every uh, Guzman, Carujo, he's like, everyone loves him in the back. Right, yeah. You know, people know Fuchs is yeah. kind of like a little slow on the edge. And by the way, if you go back and listen to our previous episodes, <laughs> just like, please keep in mind that like Fuchs can be very, very good in the central midfield. Right, team In dad. the central defense, I should yeah. say. Like defensive defense in midfield. When he's on the wing, you know, he gets exposed. And if you, during the rewatch... Looked at Fuchs on the, the in the left back position, like he was just a half step behind because that's a pace position. You know, you're looking at players on the edge coming back who are in forward positions that you've got to deal with, and you're 35 years old and you're at the tail end of your career. It's right. not an island you want to be on. He gave every single thing he had uh, in Atlanta. And unfortunately, faltered right at the end there and, and gave up. Got, got crossed over by Mulraney for an open shot, uh, and he was really sad about it. You could, if you saw any of his post game uh, stuff that he did, but and but he's a, a warrior. But he can't do that for an entire season. You know, like he gave like everything he had for like game three of the season. <laughs> you know, it's like that's not going to be sustainable. I would almost, if you need to have Christian Fuchs on the field, which I think you do. Uh, Put him at center back and, and, and put McCoon on the bench, you know, and just have, if you want to have the four-man back line, have Armour left back, Fuchs and uh, Kuzman as the center backs, and Lindsay on the right. I mean, that may be the way you have to go. Wow. Because the, the DM thing that I proposed earlier, I don't know if I'm going to see that happening even as much as I'd love it. But I just, just being realistic, this, this new scenario that I'm putting out there right now feels like a little, like it could happen. Yeah, and I think MAR and, you know, us, frankly, have been somewhat on the same page. We, we've had the, the same 11 on the field, mostly for the first three matches. Um, Bronico, we didn't expect in the first match. And Bronico is somebody, when I see the rewatch, I see that he is a defensive midfield bulldog that can go for 90. Right. And so if you want to put him back there, um, whether it's a back three or a back four with Bronico in front. He's just like an extra defender who can defend in the central right. areas. I like, I love the idea, just getting, not to get too ahead, but on Saturday night of Bronico just roaming in front of the back four, keeping an eye on heel, you know, as almost like a box, 
the, the soccer version of basketball's box and one defense where he's going to make sure that that heel's not running free and and because heel gets to go wherever he wants on the field he does he's kind of has a positionless position himself in terms of just having the ball at his feet all the time so it's I don't think Bronny Bro can do it by himself but he does we do need at least one person that's almost always dedicated to that uh, but if it, that it, spy it's a if it's a back four or it's a back three he'll have someone behind him either way but if it's a back four he'll have double the coverage right. So to me, it feels like back four is the way to go, especially the way Adam Armour had played, and and you can see how versatile he is right now. Because mm-hmm. um, when he came on the pitch uh, during the rewatch, he was, um, you know, basically just roaming anywhere on the left hand side of the field, whether it's byline to byline, defensive box, offensive box. He's just somebody that can get up and down, and uh, Franco, I thought, was that as well. Um, and I feel really bullish about Alan Franco after the rewatch because um, he, like Bronico, is somebody that you can count on to go the full 90, bring energy to the squad. So I expect them to be in the squad because, remember, we said um, it's about energy. It's about the ability to go the 90. It's about this game being the most important game in your franchise's history. Like, literally, that's what's happening. This it's really fun to witness um, because these guys aren't playing any other matches and they're all together just training. So it's just like, how hard can you go and how bad do you want it? Yeah, hopefully that's building chemistry. Hopefully, you know, we see that sort of exponential effect as these this stuff starts to stack on top of each other. We should, just in quick full disclosure as we wrap up sort of the the full final recap of everything in Atlanta, we we were mad about the penalty or thought the penalty might have been dicey. There was a Atlanta goal score that was waved off real quick for a, a foul in the box that was you said it might have been a phantom foul that went our way. So just we'll give one back to the refs there and just and just mention that uh, it's not always all against Charlotte FC when it comes to dicey decisions. Yeah, that was like one of the first things I noticed. I was like it changed the entire game that that call in the box. And that goal happened right in front of us, and I yeah, think I mean, we it just... looks like a foul to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was clearly a foul to me, so I don't know. He's at Danny Brams on Twitter. I'm at John Hayes on air on Twitter. It's where we can talk to you about this uh, sport that we all love, the beautiful game. Which, by the way, it's a, again a great day of soccer. Uh, Tottenham a two 0 win over Brighton. Liverpool a two 0 win over Ooh, Arsenal. Not couple, so great. A couple Premier League results this afternoon, which has a huge impact on the the top four race and Champions League as well. Yeah, Chelsea won. I guess that's, you know, they needed that in their lives. They've they've had a lot of rough uh, goings on in their club. uh, That's a whole other podcast, unfortunately. But, uh, and Juventus lost. So, you know, they need a Weston McKennie, I guess. The U.S. men's national team is getting ready to play at the Azteca in a couple weeks. We're gonna yep. talk, we should talk about that on the pod at some point. We will, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's Charlotte Football Club and uh, beyond, as, as the description says. And when there are no Charlotte games to talk about, we're still going to bring you an episode and might as well talk about the U.S. Men's National Team at that point. Can't wait. We're going to get another glass and be right back here and preview Saturday night's game. Stay tuned. This is an idea. I meant to talk to you about this before the podcast, so I totally blew it. But I'll just bring it up now, and you know, maybe some listener will have an idea. But because Charlotte is like 
sort of have that Revolutionary War home. You know, it's the sort of the southern home of the American Revolution with the hornet's nest. And, you know, the uh, the they, they declared independence, you know, even before the full American colonies did. Then you've got, you know, the New England Revolution, the, Bo- the Boston angle, where, you know, the northern home of American Revolution. So is this some sort of, like, Minuteman Derby or, you know, like, something, there's something there? I don't know. It's not, uh, we do play them twice a season, so I, just an idea that kind of formed in my mind as I was driving over here, and uh, maybe there's something there. Who knows? There's really something there. I love it. I yeah, love it. The and- Minuteman Hornet's Nest Derby or something like that, you know, like... Famous quote of a British uh, Redcoats uh, general who said, you know, Charlotte is a hornet's nest of rebel activity. You know, it could, it could be the American Rebel Derby or something like that. You know, who, who knows? But uh, I, they're coming I, to town. They're, yes. And and the return trip, you know, is, is something that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Right. It's not that it's uh, about a month off or so. Which is interesting to me, just at face value, that we're, we're playing Atlanta two times and New England two times in the first two and a half months of the season yeah i have i don't know why i really don't know why but it is interesting uh maybe it's just because they just kind of moved us around and just didn't really you know that we were sort of the extra team that they were just like putting filling it plugging in holes on the schedule with you know yeah because it didn't really matter you know if we were upset about it who knows but uh, it's the schedule is something i think that is is in my mind become difficult I think it's a difficult schedule that we had. You're talking about Atlanta United, LA Galaxy, and New England Revolution. Three out of the first four matches. Right. LA Galaxy at least you know have a very uh, expensive roster, if not the, a particularly great team. But they did beat us, so I can't talk too much trash. But it's they're not they're not a uh, they missed the playoffs last year, but they're not a horrible team. Uh, I do think we'll get our uh, our comeuppance when we get to host Cincinnati uh, on the 26th. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Finn loves it. See. We got the bark of approval from Finn, your dog. He, he hates FC Cincinnati, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, he's that, like, not in my house. We call that the, the real Queen City rivalry. I, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, in, we have a derby time. every yeah. match yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's a good call. We can find a reason to get pissed off at our opponents no matter what. Because we're, we're a hornet's nest of rebel activity. What can I tell you? But I, we do have a little bit of a scouting report on New England. Like we talked about earlier... We're recording this before their uh, CONCACAF Champions League result, but it really doesn't matter. Just know that they are not going to be 100% rested. You know, they're going to, there's maybe a little bit of a fatigue factor that they come in with going on the road. You know, Charlotte is going to be, gain the benefit of being the home team. Let me just interject quickly. Uh, by on the road, we're talking about a squad that was in New England and now a squad that's going to go to Mexico City. Yep. And then a squad that's going to, Go back to Boston. Yep. And then come to Charlotte. Yeah, they may come straight to Charlotte. I don't know their travel plans, but probably not because it's a whole week. There's a few days between. Who knows? But I don't, maybe, it's a lot of travel. Either way, if they come to Charlotte to go back, I would. if I was the manager of that squad, I'd say we'd go straight to Charlotte. Right. Let's get everybody in a hotel. Let's get everybody rested and um, kick back in bed. And Right, because it would be about... 54 hours till your next game at that point, at the end of tonight's game. Yeah, just, just, and you know, Charlotte FC would give them practice time in Bank of America Stadium. Nobody else is using that right now. We're not. We're, we're practicing <laughs> out Matthews. So, yeah, but th- that's the type of fatigue factor they're dealing with a lot of travel and, you know, a high level match. If you don't know what the CONCACAF Champions League is, it's like a bonus competition for the teams that finished really well last year. And, Tradition, no MLS team has ever won the league in this current format that they have for the last 10 years or so. And just know that it basically leaves the teams that participate in it sort of 
fighting a two-front war, if you will, in terms of like trying to devote resources to winning in that competition and and then coming back and still playing their same regular season. And it's the start of their season, so they're just getting their feet out from under them. So that, that makes New England a little vulnerable. They're also vulnerable, in my mind, at the goalkeeper spot because they're playing their second-string goalkeeper. Matt Turner, you know, the U.S. men's national team stud, has been dealing with a lower leg injury. And so Earl Edwards Jr. had two really strong performances for them in their first matches, had one clean sheet. But then they had a really embarrassing situation in their last league match against at home against Real Salt Lake. It was played in the snow, and they were up 2-0 in like the 80th minute and gave up three goals in the last 20 minutes of the game So and lost. So th- that may give them a little bit of an edge or it may show a way that we could attack them. It was kind of a fluky game because it was played in you know snowy conditions like we said. That, that kind of messed up Carlos Hill, right? Who was the rant was insane. It was one of the most insane rants I've ever heard. <laughs> he's not happy. He comes here from Spain. He's kind of a flair player. He's used to kind of doing whatever he wants out there. He, he didn't like. He didn't like the conditions. You know who's going to be tied to his hip on Saturday? Brownie bro. Brownie bro. Yes. We can only hope. We so. talked about him. That's why we're playing back four. That's right. why we're playing back four. Right. We have to play back four because if you play back four. Bronny Bro can just mark him the entire match. Right. For me, it's that scene out of Hoosiers where, you know, Coach says, just, I need you to stick, stick to him like chewing gum. I want, I want to know what flavor he is. And I want Bronny Bro walking up to Miguel Angel Ramirez at the end of that game and saying, Coach, Carlos Hill tastes like dentine. Because I tell you what, that's what's going to take to shut this guy down. He's the MVP of the league. It's, it's, but it's the perfect, and that's, it's the perfect assignment, though, for him. You know, like, so. like, and that's the thing about Bronny Bro. And that's the thing about different parts of a soccer squad is that responsibilities come on match day and you either execute your responsibility or you see the bench and that's how this is going to play out uh so brawny bro good luck dude because this is going to be an awesome freaking night for you and right this this guy's the premier playmaker in the league and he has a ton of weapons around him in terms of Adam Buxo, who's a Polish national forward, uh, you know, Swiderski yeah. will be familiar with him. They've got Gustavo Bo, who, uh, you know, crushed Liga MX and now is crushing MLS. La Pantera, they call him. Uh, we're talking about uh, Josie Altidore. He he could potentially see a start because they have that extra midweek game dealing with some rotation. They could have Josie Altidore, you know, re- retired U.S. men's national team, former uh, leader of the line, Josie his uh, new signing for the Revs, they could bust him out. You know, another big playmaker for them is Sebastian Legette, U.S. men's national team. And you have a comparison uh, of Legette to a guy on our squad. Yeah, somebody that I really respect in Legette. I think he offers um, a playmaking ability to our national squad. And his game reminds me of Ben Benders a lot. Okay, I think those two guys are the same similar um, player on the pitch who, you know, guys that can make things happen in the midfield, who can play both offense and defense in that central area and then use their class to whip balls into the box and even maybe get on the end of um, a service as well. Let's get your predicted 11 real quick. We hinted at changes, and I guess we should deliver on that. We uh, we expect a 4-4-2. We kind of broke down the formational stuff already. Let's, let's say we're in a 4-4-2. What's your back line? So for me, um, I've got Fuchs in the squad. I've got Guzman in the squad. I've got Walks in the squad, and I've got Lindsay in the squad. Yeah, I think Fuchs will be left back again, even though 
I don't think he can play there the full season. I think he can play there on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, just go go with it again and put walks in for um, McCoon. Yep. I, I think that's a McCoon a played himself out of the lineup just for at least one yeah. game, for sure. And Bronico, like we talked about, sits right in front. Yep. Um, he's like the defensive mid that yep. is going to Mark Heal and... Um, that's his responsibility. Okay. And that's pretty much, pretty much it for him. Okay. And then... Franco, you also assume? Yeah, Franco's in. Absolutely. In front of um, And then I also think... Now uh, the big question. TT or Bender as the starting third midfielder? I have them both in. Okay, so you have Bender on the wing like we had against Atlanta? Yes. Okay, so yes. TT starts again for you? Yes, yes. In this match, okay? Yes, TT starts again for me and so does Bender. Okay. And then Armour rounds out the squad. Instead of in place of Gaines. Yes. Yeah. yeah Gaines yes. Gaines gave it his all and he was, you know, he was just he was among all the guys that we shouted out last week in terms of being cool with the fans. Uh so props to him for that. No, whether it's a back three or a back four, it doesn't matter to me. And then finally, of course, Swiderski's up top. Sure. Right? So it doesn't matter to me, but that's the eleven, whether it's a back three or a back four. And that can morph into like so many different things. It can go into a four four two. It can go into a three four two one. It can go into a three four three. It's like your tw- it's it's your eleven best out there with Christian Kalina in net. Um, the only change is you bring McCoon off and you put Walks in uh, compared to who started the and match. And armor in for gains. And armor in for gains. Yeah, yes. I think those two changes uh, are reasonable. Would love to see them happen, and I think they're likely to happen. Uh, I think it's possible after seeing him in training, we hope Derek Jones will be available as a sub to come in. I, I do think we're, we're still struggling to see Ortiz and Franco play well together. And if we see that again, I hope Miguel Angel will be quick to make a change. And hopefully Jones will be available to him in that spot. It's I'm excited about him being in training. Very yeah. excited. How could you not be? You know, he's... He's somebody that could just add to this rotation because There's, Franco can come out, Bronico can come out, and Bender could come out. There's still no explanation for why Derek Jones got sent to the bench in Houston. A, a lot of Houston fans, when he was sent away, were like, "Congratulations, Charlotte! You fi- we finally freed Derek." Like they were mad because he was an impact player for them for a little bit, and then just mysteriously just kind of fell out of the eleven. Who came out of Philly in? <laughs> he was a homegrown Philadelphia right. Union player. Right, exactly. So this is a guy that we can expect. We should have a good expectation that can be a solid player for us. He may not ever be the, the everyday starter if, if the current guys are doing good, but he can be an impact uh, player in the middle for sure. If, there, if there's somebody in my starting 11 that comes out, it's Walks for McCoon. Um, if if MAR wants to just stick with his um, center back pairing for the first three matches, right. McCoon has played um, all... I don't know his mentality. You could crush the kid's spirit if you bench him after giving up that deflection. Right. Or exactly. Whatnot. I think so, no, that's important. That's up to that's up to yeah. what's going on in the locker room. Yep. But <sighs> that's a tough call. That's a really tough call that you bring that up when you say that. So either way, I hope McCoon. I, I would I would tell Walks and McCoon. One of you is playing Saturday, and one of you is playing the next Saturday. And I like may, that. And maybe both of you. That's innovative. Maybe both of you will. Uh, play one of those matches because if Fuchs doesn't do well, in the le- I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him a night off and bring him in as a super sub, right? As the center attacking midfielder, yeah. Could, could that Fuchs- would be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. 
you see the board go up uh, in the 69th minute, and it's uh, Ortiz out, Fuchs in to play uh, center attacking mid. It would be absolutely insane. Yes, it's a possibility. Like you, you have to. I mean, it almost worked against the Galaxy. It just wasn't official at that point. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's, a, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. You can follow us on Twitter at John Hayes on Air, at Danny Brams as well. Thanks for the review. Shout out to Hitch, who gave us our first ever review yes. on Apple Podcasts. Hitch, we love you. 10 out of 10 listener. Easy. It's absolutely a 10 out of 10 listener. And uh, make sure you give us a shout out. Let us know where you're hanging out this Saturday. Um, we're going to be at the quarter. We're going to be uh, in the park as well, Ramir Bearden. Uh, always a pregame stop for us uh, before we, we head into the stadium. Maybe we'll head over to the uh, Min City tailgate as well over at McNinch and Moorhead. You know, if you're looking for a place to hang out before the match, just go any of those places. Yep. Um, there's a really cool community being built around these uh, this club right now, uh, and, and we'll be there. My people, the, Furies over, the Blue Fury is over there too. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes, Danny Brams. Talk to you soon. For the crown, baby.